Hello everyone, this is Tim Dodd. Welcome to the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. Faithful to give witness to tens of thousands, yes, and to the millions that believe it. And believes in I believe that God's gladly lived a packet until all around the world it's been circulated. Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast today. This is the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast where we report on the works of God all over the world as relates to the end time word. Welcome, friends, once again to another episode of the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. Brother Mark Aho with you. And Tim Dodd is out traveling again, our faithful missions director. He's been in Boston uh, visiting a missions convention. And while he was there, he was able to have an interview with a pastor there, Brother David Combo. And pastors and churches are so important to missionary work overseas. They support it in so many ways. And without men such as Brother David, it would be very difficult to have the missions, efforts, and programs that we have. So this is enjoyable. Uh, I've enjoyed listening to Brother Tim and Brother David have a conversation just as if uh, we're riding along with them in the car. So God bless you, Brother Tim. Thank you for doing this interview. God bless you too, Brother Mark. And it's good to be back again this week with a very interesting conversation interview with Brother David Combo, the pastor in Boston, as you'll soon hear. I kind of sprung this on him. I warned him that I might do this, might want to have an interview with him because he's been involved in missions. He's from the Congo originally and has been in Cloverdale for a season, and now he's pastoring over there in Boston area. But uh, he maybe wasn't expecting it at spur of the moment in the car. We had spent a couple days together after the meetings in Boston, and you might detect a little bit of tiredness in my voice there. But I think overall, it gives us just a little bit more added perspective on missions work. We appreciate pastors, as you said, local churches, people that get behind the missions work. And Brother David has for years had a wonderful burden for missions and supportive of what we're doing here at Cloverdale Bible Way and Bible Believers. So I trust you'll enjoy this, and may God bless you abundantly. I'm here in Boston with Brother David Combo, the pastor of Grace of God Tabernacle in Stowe, Massachusetts. We've had a wonderful weekend of meetings here, and uh, these are very uh, important meetings to us because they're missions-minded meetings. And uh, I'm just going to have a conversation with Brother David, and, and he can share with us his perspective on the mission work in general and uh, what he saw this weekend and what perhaps has struck his heart. Now, Brother David, how long have you pastored here in the Boston area? <laughs> now, I've been pastoring the church here since... 2016, so which make it six years. Very good. And where were you before 
Massachusetts. You're not originally from America. You're originally from the Congo. So why don't you give us a brief history of your journey from the Congo to Boston? Wow. <laughs> that would be very long. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I left the Congo in 1990. And by the grace of God, I won the Fulbright Scholarship from the U.S. government to come to America to do graduate studies in biomedical sciences. And I did my PhD in New York City uh, at Mount Sinai School of Medicine. And then uh, after that, I moved to Connecticut after my school and worked there at Wesleyan University. And then I moved to Canada. And I selected uh, to go to British Columbia for the Eddie Biscal's ministry, which uh, really did attract me after listening only to one tape that he preached about and also with all the references in the messages where Brother Branham spoke about him. Then uh, we decided to move to British Columbia. It would have been much easier to go to Montreal, uh, where uh, people speak French, and we would have taken just a car to get there. But we had to go all the way from Connecticut to British Columbia. And how long were you in British Columbia? Uh, in British Columbia, I was there for two years, and by the way, that's uh, where I started doing the translation of the message. So Brother Biscal suggested that I start working on translating the message from English into French and collaborating with uh, Brother Richard Yoka's team in uh, Kinshasa and it was actually while doing that uh, work that I got inspired about uh, working on the idioms project. I found that there was a need for the translator to know exactly uh, the correct meaning that, uh, of the expressions that Brother Branham used. Now, for those that are listening, the Idioms Project is something that was done in Cloverdale to take the unusual expressions of Brother Branham, expressions like, uh, um, by, the skin of your teeth. by the skin of your teeth, that argument is thinner than the broth made out of the shadow of a chicken that starved to death, different things like that, that Brother Branham makes strange expressions, doesn't know no more about God than a hot and taut nosing about an Egyptian night. These kinds of expressions all needed to be explained so that people in different languages could help, could understand as they're translating the message that they're not literal expressions, but they have a certain meaning in the English language. So back to you, Brother David. Now you're in Cloverdale. What years were you in Cloverdale? Uh, that was in 1997. We got there in 1997. And from 1997, 19, 1998, 
I started doing the translation and I was working in the church office uh, doing the translation right in the in the pastor's uh, second office before they go to the uh, the sanctuary and in that uh, idiom project I strongly did collaborate with Sister Ruth uh, Biscal who was helping me to do the proofreading of all the idioms that I was collecting and uh, it was uh, quite a privilege to work on that. I think this is important background for the listener. Sometimes people don't always realize the work that goes on behind the scenes to help the translators and to get this message into all the different languages. Right now we have 87 different language categories on the Message Hub and more are being added all the time. So after Cloverdale, where did you go from there? <laughs> after Cloverdale, in 1999, at the end of the year, almost 2000, I came back to the United States, uh, again to Connecticut, uh, at the same university working over there, and also the same church, church, which was Brother Elijah Gibbs Church, and... Uh, then Brother Elijah actually suggested to the church uh, that if I could uh, become a deacon, and they did an election, and I became uh, a deacon. But still, I continued collaborating with uh, Brother Biscal and his wife on the Idiom Project while I was still in the United States. So we will, uh, I will do the work, do the same of the proofreading and send them back. And Brother B uh, Biscal was really encouraging me to continue the translation. That Brother David, you must continue working on the translation. So that's how even the second volume of the Idioms books was published while I was still in the United States but collaborating with uh, uh, Sister Ruth Biscal and Brother Eddie on that project. Now you were working on the French translation. Uh, did you work with Brother Dioka's team or were you working separately? No, when I was in Cloverdale, I was working with Brother Dioka's team so after I would do the translation, then the book was sent to the Congo for proofreading. Okay. And one time also, sometime, the brother from the Congo would send me uh, their work, all questions about uh, the idioms. Uh, and, uh, we had a good collaboration with the uh, Yoka's team. I still have uh, very good friends like Brother Jean Piana, who was one of uh, the main translators there. We continued collaborating for years. Now, of course, they finished the French translation project. They've finished all of the messages in the French language about three years ago, I think, or four years ago. And so that's a great... Uh, a great blessing for the French-speaking Bride of Jesus Christ. 
now in, I think, 2016, you moved to, you came to the church here in the Boston area, is that correct? Yes, sir. And, uh, and I didn't realize it till talking to you the other day, but it was only a couple months after you were voted in as pastor here that we had our first missions meeting here in the Boston area. Exactly. It was, uh, and it was in 2016, and I was already inviting Brother Eddie to come and, uh, for this area. I knew that uh, his ministry will be a blessing to the New England uh, people. And then finally, in 2016, he was available uh, to come, and they came together with Brother Tim and Brother Murphy Wong for the very first missionary report in the New England area. <clears throat> and we had special meetings, wonderful meetings, where <clears throat> a lot of people from all the eastern states uh, came uh, to attend the meetings. I think from there, in 2016, we did annual meetings, 2016, 17, 18. I think 2018 and 2019, uh, but we had both just Brother Murphy and myself. I think Brother Bisco was no longer able to come at that point. And then, of course, 2020 and 21 was the COVID years. Oh, no, 21 was last year, and that was our first uh, renewing of the meetings. We came last year, and then, of course, this year, this weekend. So we're very happy to be here in the Boston area and to renew with the brethren that are in this area. Many ministers were attending the meetings on the weekend, hearing the mission's burden as we shared what God was doing around the world, in, at least in our small ministry, as far as Bible believers is concerned. Now, Brother David, you heard the um, uh, report on the weekend and the different things that were spoken of many of the different areas. Uh, what are your thoughts on the mission's work, particularly uh, the meetings generally, but particularly the, the mission's work and what struck you about uh, what we shared this weekend? Well, thank you for the question, Brother Tim. And as the prophet said, Missionary work is always in the will of the Lord. And we remember the Great Commission uh, in Mark 16, and then you go to Matthew 10. He also sent uh, the disciple. That time it was only for uh, the Jews, but then in Mark 16 it was all over the world. Mm -hmm. So we are very thankful to see that uh, there have been uh, people like Brother Eddie, Brother Tim, Brother Murphy who have taken it upon their shoulders to fulfill the Great Commission. And I highly respect missionary work because myself, I've traveled a lot to Europe, uh, Africa, and one time to Latin America doing the translation and interpretation of the message and preaching so I really relate very well to them and also 
uh, I was very impressed to see how the work is flourishing in the country of Uganda. Uh, and not only they are bringing uh, the message, but we can see the book of Acts also being uh, reenacted uh, in this uh, ministry. Many testimonies that we heard reminded us, uh, reminded me personally of what was happening in the book of Acts when Paul uh, and the other disciples went all over the world preaching the gospel and signs, wonders, and miracles following, confirming. And many people, even sorcerers, uh, were delivered (laughs) by burning all uh, the things uh, that they were practicing. So I saw that in those testimony. So I was very happy to see again another book of Acts in action. And one thing I we did strike me uh, was about uh, really the importance of receiving the message in your own language. Uh, I have been blessed of the Lord. I speak about uh, six or seven languages, but sometimes I don't realize that that is not given to everybody. Uh, I take it for granted, uh, but... Uh, it uh, was really quickened unto me that uh, we need to get the message in the hand of the people in their own language. Amen. I spoke to the people on Saturday morning about the wedding garment, and uh, I was. It was not in my original plans to speak, but as I waited on the Lord on Friday, it seemed to, I seemed to be pressed in that direction. And so in sharing that, I spoke to the people about that Brother Branham had the preview of the bride, and the last day's bride was dressed in the wedding garment of their own nation, in a garment representing their own country. Of course, we are dressed in the wedding garment of the Word, And we know when Brother Branham was caught on the other side in 1960, that when he saw the believers on the other side, they were all dressed in white raiment. So the vision was not literal in that it was not uh, the white raiment that he saw in reality on the other side, but God was representing to him that the wedding garment would be unique to their nation, and the only thing that could be unique is the language because the gospel is same to everybody. And it's interesting, I think, Brother David, you were sharing with me that God was actually dealing with you on that subject during the week. Amen. Amen. And just as Brother Tim has mentioned, I was meditating about the garment, that, uh, that the next message I'm going to preach will be on uh, the garment, dressing, what the prophet said about it, uh, and I was already reviewing quotes and Bible passages and even asking myself a question on uh, the uh, preview of the bride, uh, the way the prophet presented it in 1964. And then uh, I was very encouraged really when I saw the brother come and started preaching on the garment and even answering the specific questions 
that I was meditating upon my bed and I see really it did encourage me a lot uh, and to even see that um, uh, he uh, preached a lot about uh, uh, the rich young ruler and one week before they came uh, that was exactly the subject that I preached about uh, on Sunday and I see the same pattern again with Brother Murphy while he was preaching the last sermon and the Lord led him to insist on overcoming how can I overcome he started quoting the prophets and many passages about overcoming and two to three weeks ago actually I took about three weeks or a month of sermons on how can I overcome and he came and insisted again to the children of God on the very same subject. So we could really see the Holy Spirit moving and even the people who attended have heard a lot of testimony. People were very blessed and relieved from their burden and we could see that people were willing even to contribute to missionary work even the people who were following the services remotely, some of them were still determined to catch up with their contribution. Amen. So that is a sign showing that uh, really their hearts were pricked Amen. when the word of God, the report was given. Amen. Appreciate that, Brother David. Uh, to the listener, if you're hearing background noises, because we're doing this while we're traveling down the highway in Boston. And so this is an on-location, remote interview here in a Nissan Rogue vehicle in the middle of the Boston area traveling between locations. So I trust that it's a blessing to you. Well, we appreciate Brother David and the burden he has here to bring the different churches and invite the different churches, the different ministries together uh, into the meetings and so that they'll be able to hear what God is doing uh, Brother David, maybe you just want to close with your thoughts on mission work, uh, the importance of it, and particularly uh, we appreciate your support, and uh, you can just share with the believers, the listeners, what that means to you personally. No, personally, uh, uh, it means, of course, we are... Um, fulfilling the word of God uh, that is a very important fact and the prophet said if you can't go send someone uh, he said go ye all the nation preach the gospel to every creature but if you can't go send somebody and uh, we know right here in America how it is getting harder and harder to get people to believe. But the same message preached here and maybe not uh, will not get uh, a crop, but the same message preached in Africa, in many other different parts of the world, is attracting uh, the people. So... Uh, we are encouraged to see that, and then it uh, really 
encourage us uh, to continue supporting the work of the Lord because this uh, bride is a universal bride. Uh, as you remember, when Solomon built the temple, uh, the materials did not come just from Palestine only, because some of them were not there. And they came from all over the world. And the prophet said clearly in the message dedication that uh, his bride also uh, is uh, from all over the world that he's getting them. So we are happy to see that there are men of God, that the Lord has anointed with that burden, uh, and who are going in those remote areas. And it is a big sacrifice because myself, coming from Africa, and I know how poor those places are. And when I moved to America, I actually became very thankful to the Baptist missionaries that I knew in Africa who went to remote area and built mission. And I said, but these people left uh, this luxury, this very developed, highly developed country to go live in the jungle in Africa. May God bless them. So now all that really touch my heart to see people like Brother Tim uh, continuing on uh, uh, the footprint of uh, David Livingstone. Uh, so we really appreciate that uh, uh, zeal and burden for the lost souls, regardless of the remote or uh, poor area where they live. Amen. Thank you, Brother David. It's been wonderful to be with you here. God bless you, and I trust that the Lord will continue to uh, pour out His blessings here in this area as you feed the sheep of God that are gathered in the eastern United States, particularly the Boston area. God bless you. God richly bless you, Brother Tim. May the Lord continue to bless your ministry. And may he give you strength. And may he anoint you to continue serving his people. And may many souls come to Christ through your ministry. Is my sincere prayer. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother David. Brother Tim, I think Brother David has a unique perspective on missions. Uh, being from Congo, such as he is. He knows what it's like out there. And then uh, being a translator here under the missionary effort of Brother Biscal at Cloverdale Bible Way, and now as a pastor of his own church. That's quite a resume. That's quite a balanced uh, bit of experience to understand what goes on in missions and what is needed. And it's really no wonder that he has the burden to continue his work with missions as he has. I agree, Brother Mark, and uh, everybody's uniquely placed in their calling in life, and one of the things that I ministered on there in Boston as well as here at home is the calling of the 11th hour worker, as Brother Branham said. It is the opening of the seal that calls the 11th hour workers, and the workers are not necessarily all missionaries that are sent into the field, but we each one individually have our part to play in what God is doing in His redemptive purpose in these last days. 
He's quickened us by his word. He's called us. He places us. Uh, as far as the ministry goes, evangelists, pastors, apostles, prophets, teachers, each one has their gift. But there's more gifts in the body than that, as the scripture describes. And so when we see someone like Brother David doing what he can in the different positions that he's been in in life, we appreciate that he has answered the call to be a worker in this end-time harvest field. I would encourage everybody, no matter where you are, you know, to ponder the things that Brother David has said. He talked about, you know, coming for education. He's, a, he's quite a scholar, has a number of degrees, speaks, I think, six languages, he said, and he's a very, very capable man. But one of the things that underlines all of it is that God has blessed him because he's, wherever he's found an opportunity, he's given his hand to doing the work of the Lord. So may God bless Brother David. May God bless the church there and the believers in the Massachusetts area. There's quite a number of churches in those New England states, and we pray that God will use them abundantly in these last days calls. So trust that this has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and until next week, shalom. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Remember, friends, the bridegroom will not come until the bride has made herself ready. She must be both called and fully dressed by the Word of God. This is the Believer's Faith Challenge Report podcast. You can sign up for our email newsletter at BibleWay.org. Scroll to the bottom of the page where it says Newsletter. Fill in your name and email address and click Sign Up. In this email report, you will receive reports of the works of God in China, in Africa, in South America, in India, Europe, all over the world. We also publish a full-color paper newsletter two times a year, complete with photographs, reports, and testimonies from all over the world. The newsletter is free. Just request it, and we would be happy to mail a copy to you. You can contact us by email at info at Bible-Believers.org. That's info at Bible-Believers.org. Or you can write to us at Bible Believers, P.O. Box 128, Blaine, Washington, 98231. That's Bible Believers, P.O. Box 128, Blaine, Washington, 98231. This is Mark Ajo. Thank you for being with us today. And be sure to join us for the next Believers Faith Challenge Report podcast. Thank you.